Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Well, this morning, I want to tell you about the old goose. (laughs) Not the old duck, not the old turkey, but the old goose. Once upon a time, Johnny and Susan were there, Susie. And they loved going to their grandparents' farm. It was a long way away. They were city slickers, but they went to the farm. And on the farm, there was this old goose. It was a family pet. It grew up on the farm. Everyone loved it. But Johnny being Johnny, he loved his Shanghai. And one day he was out taking hot shots, pot shots at things. And miracle of miracles, he wasn't very good with the Shanghai, but miracle of miracles, wonder of wonders, one day, right between the eyes, this old goose got it. It was deader than a dodo. It was gone. So Johnny thought, what do I do? So he snuck the old carcass away into the veggie garden, started digging a hole. But little Susie, her sister, she was looking. She was looking. She went up to Johnny and said, Johnny, I saw what you did. It was heavy duty. Well, that night they were having a great, great dinner and the grandparents were saying, time for the dishes, Johnny. Time for the dishes, Susie. Uh, and Susie said, oh, it's Johnny's turn to do the dishes tonight. Oh, really? Well, jump forward a wee bit. Um, Susie started to take advantage of the situation. She went over, to, went over to Johnny and said, remember the old goose? Remember the old goose? Johnny's actually made a promise with me. Um, he said that um, tonight I'll do the dishes for, for us and every night we're here, Johnny's still going to do the dishes. <laughs> well, after about three or four days of this, Johnny was getting rather ticked off. He was pretty upset about this. And he went to his uh, granddad and said, look, sorry, but you know that old goose, that family pet? I didn't mean to do it, but my Shanghai and I got the better of it and ended up killing it. Granddad said, well... I knew what was happening. I was actually looking out the kitchen window all the time. I knew what had actually happened. But the thing that frustrates me the most is young Susie. She's been manipulating you and controlling you all week. Long story short, you know. um, Susie, obviously, is a picture of Satan. Granddad, picture of the father. The old goose is a picture of the things that The enemy wants to control us and take liberties and manipulate and blackmail and and do all those things. And this morning in in the house, I just believe that there's a number of people that have got the stigma or the stain or the shadow of the past that has still limited them from moving into their future. And those chains were broken at Calvary, but you're still carrying the burden of that. And this is going to be a place where change will take place. You know, as a young chap, all those years ago, um, back in the early 60s, um, my parents had a grocery shop down in Beechhaven, a four-square shop. Friday night uh, was a great night for us because the parents were working and all the kids used to come to our place 
And we were outdoor people. In the summer, it was pretty cool. Uh, we would go and play uh, cops and robbers and go home, stay home. And we had this takeoff of Hogan's Heroes. You know, we were in this prison camp and we'd sneak out and do things. <laughs> and we'd roam through the neighbors' uh, gardens and all sorts of things. And um, there were the goodies and the baddies. And it, at winter, it was even better because it was dark and we had spotlights and everything. But on the journey, we learned to actually pick up Shanghai's as well. And we also had uh, blowguns when we used to use um, little pallets to sort of uh, uh, get people. And we also um, developed our technology a wee bit. You know, we started off with Shanghai's with uh, monkey apples, and they were pretty good. Uh, that was good ammo. And then after a period of time, we started to up the game, and we were using fence staples. And, and I don't know how we survived ever maiming or blind, uh, blinding anyone, but we got through it. Another good thing in our arsenal was ball bearings, you know, on the Shanghai. That was pretty heavy-duty stuff. And the best thing, looking back all those years later, we had this thing called a Chinese gooseberry um, bush. It was like kiwi fruit before they had kiwi fruit. It was like Chinese gooseberries. And it was a massive great thing, and they had all these Chinese gooseberries, and they just drop everywhere. And we'd pick them up, and we were pretending that they were um, hand grenades, you know. <laughs> well... Mum and Dad would come home and they went to sleep, but in the morning they'd wake up and they'd find the whole of the house outside was splattered <laughs> with kiwi fruit, um, Chinese gooseberries. Moral of the story was, Dad was very forgiving. And Dad was there to clean up the mess that we'd created. Um, and I didn't realise until later how forgiving he actually really was. But the thing is, our Heavenly Father has forgiven us and he's still cleaning up the mess of our life. Um, it's an ongoing process. But the reality is, is, as we read the scripture, there's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Not some condemnation, not a little bit of condemnation. There's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. But we still live under this stigma, the stain of condemnation. And we have to wake up that, no, that's been dealt with at Calvary. We've moved beyond that. But somehow the enemy keeps us reminding us of the old goose, the stains of the past that limit us, and he's still manipulating and controlling what we're doing simply because he wants to do that, and we have been set on a, a path of freedom and, and liberty. The thing is, we have to remember the old goose, but really it's more important to remember the cross and the significance of it and how it's actually changed our life. Because, you know, we're always going to have accusations come at us from the enemy. He's a liar. He's a, a deceiver. He's corrupt. He manipulates. Uh, he does all those nasty things. But we have to have a deeper revelation that God has actually dealt with that. The power of the cross is so powerful and it's dealt with all that sort of stuff. But we have to move away from those things. Perfect love expels or casts out fear. This is what Isaiah said, and um, we, we heard it in the prophet, uh, prophetic word um, today, and Sam mentioned it. She said, come now, let us settle them. This is Isaiah um, uh, 1 verse 18. It says, come now, let us settle this matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they should be white as snow. And, they as as, and, also, blah, 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 and although they are as red as crimson, they will be white as wool. Um, and that's true, isn't it? Um, it's a promise that God, in the old, God through the Old Testament is projecting into the New Testament. You know, what Jesus did and accomplished at the cross, you know, all those stains had disappeared. When Chris and I were raising our three girls, I think the happiest day of my life was the day I had to stop scrubbing nappies. You know, <laughs> in our household, this wonderful woman, come here, Chris, stand up. Oh, <laughs> this woman, 
This amazing woman, she, she did all the nappy changes. Not me. Chris did it for three children. It went on for uh, pretty much two years for three girls, so six years. And so the happiest day of my life was the day we stopped having to change nappies. But in our partnership, I was the one that had to go down to the laundry every morning, scrub the nappies, make sure they're all nice and clean, go out into the um, you know, washing line, hang them all up, wait for them to dry, go out and pick them off the line, fold them all up, make sure they're all nice and clean and fluffy. <laughs> there was no stain, there was no uh, residue left there, they were perfectly clean. Wider than wool, you know, that's the way it was. So, um, thing is, the father is still looking after us. He's dealing with the stain and stigma within us and our, and our heart and our lifestyle. We do mess up, we do make problems in our life. The, the father who we serve loves us and he cares for us and he's just processing all those things. But somehow these things trip us up at times. You know, things happen in life. I can remember when I was in um, Sintang once, they asked me to do a, um, a leadership thing in a, uh, a big school auditorium and hundreds of people were there and um, they said, oh, could we borrow your computer? Our computer has uh, failed. And I thought, don't really want to do this. So I lent them my computer, and someone put a thumb drive into my computer, and a virus got into the computer. It basically stuffed up my whole, um, you know, everything in there. It was all frustrating, and I did everything within my own capabilities to resolve this virus. Couldn't do it. But I had to take it back to the manufacturer for them to reset and uh, get, clean it all up and sanitize it all and sort it all out. You know, the enemy will get in through innocent means and he will come in and target your life. He will destroy your life. He'll try and trip you up. But the thing is, coming back to the Father, he will, he will cover those sins. He will restore you. He will get you back on track. You know, trains, trains drop, uh, jump the rails. Uh, but he will get you back on a re redemptive path and keep on moving. Perfect love expels not some fear, but all fear. You know, John, he wrote obviously John 1, John 2, John 3. He wrote um, Revelation. Uh, he was getting a lot of download about the love of God. He also wrote the, the Gospel of John. And this is what it says in 1 John 4 verse 18. As we live in God, our love grow, grows more and more perfect. So we will not be afraid in the day of judgment. And we will face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world thing is, as Christians, we don't have to come before the judgment through the uh, seat of God fearful, worried, you know, upset. We can come in with incredible confidence because Jesus has paid a price. He's set it all in order. He's restored it all. Yet the enemy comes like that old goose situation. Has God said? Did he promise that? Did he really say that? He tries to downplay the integrity of God's word and tries to destroy your life and manipulate always remembering the past and we've got to focus on the future. You know, we don't have to be afraid on Judgment Day. We can look forward to Judgment Day because the, the, the past has disappeared. It's been set apart. You know, the enemy is going to come and he's going to steal the joy of your salvation. He's going to try and suck that joy right out of you. thing is, that old goose is going to try and target you time and time and time again. Spot Spot quiz. What did Pastor James talk about last week? I'll give you a clue. It was about prayer. In the Old Testament, what happened? Anyone? We prayed to God. Yeah, that's basically what it was. In the New Testament, we prayed to 
because the Holy Spirit and, and, and Christ is in us. So in the Old Testament, we prayed to God. New Testament, God is with us. There's, we're, we're set on course. We're doing, um, doing the new thing here. I wish I could give crunchy to someone who answered that clearly and specifically. <laughs> you know the answer now, so I won't do that. But the thing is, in the Old Testament, under the law, love was commanded. It was demanded. Um, that was pretty much what it came down to a nutshell. But in the New Testament, things are a little bit different. You know, we're living under this incredible love and under this incredible grace. Uh, it's, it's very powerful. You know, um, I used to... We used to sing this old hymn, um, Mercy was there and grace was free. Um, probably you're all too young to know this, um, but basically it said, Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not that my Lord was crucified, knowing not that it was for me he died on Calvary. Then it went on to say, Mercy was there and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied for me. There my burdened soul found liberty yeah. at Calvary. You know, We've got this incredible joy to look forward to. When we stand before the Lord, he's going to um, play back our life and he's going to basically um, reward us for our faithfulness to him. But the thing is, all the past, all the old goose story things that the enemy's going to throw at us is going to try and discredit and uh, just to take away what, what Christ has done at Calvary. But many of us are carrying the past with us still. I don't know why, but we do. You know, people have had abortions. And that's, that's, that's wrong. Um, addictions, you know, people get involved in all sorts of addictions, sexual sin, gossip, 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 uh, they, <laughs> they, they gossip and they, they sort of, they, they pull people down with their tongue. Um, theft, broken promises, all sorts of things from the past will um, limit us. And there'll be things which the, it's like the old goose will come along and say, de -de -de -de, you know, and try and pull us down. That is wrong. You know, we don't serve an angry God, you know, because we found him in love. He loves us. Only people who worship um, false idols and, and bound by religion accept an angry God. That's, that's the reality. In Christ, we have this incredible liberty. Only guilty people really um, are stained by the stigma of religion and this angry God coming through. And thing is, Christ has broken the chains at Calvary. And we just have to accept that. We have to move and move on and, and take a real um, stock of that at times. You know, once upon a time, you, got, you used to go to um, circus. And in the circus, there was an elephant, or used to be elephants. And they would drive a stake into the ground, and they'd tether the, um, the elephant to, the, uh, to this little stake. And as a small elephant, it would tug at it, and it couldn't really move it. And this thing would get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the reality is this elephant could actually pull out this stake with a chain on, and do what it wanted to do. But years later, now you, you see these big elephants tied to this little chain, and the elephants don't pull it out and they don't move on. And that's a little bit like the past, where um, this, the, the stigma, the stain, the things of the past is limiting our mobility and our freedom that we have in Christ. And it's like the Lord saying, no, I want my church back. I don't want them bound by the stigma of the past. We've got to move from the um, defeat to a victory. We've got to press on. You know, Satan is always going to discredit the word of God. But this is what Paul says in um, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 5. The greatest demonstration of love is to forgive. You know, this is chapter 13. This is the, the scripture on love. You know, the greatest demonstration of love is to forgive. So last week, you know, James and Viv, you know, da-da-da-da. You know, how many times do we have to uh, forgive people? Da-da-da-da. We know. You know. We don't take account of um, misdemeanors or anything in relationships. You know, that's not the Christian way of doing things. 
the reality is, you know, we, we are incredible liberty now. Um, and jumping down a bit further, it says no relationship can thrive like a scoreboard. You know, like um, when you've got um, in your mind things which people have done things against you or to you, you don't keep a score of that, sort of just taking marks and, you know, you just don't do that. And Christianity is about freedom and liberty. We just got to accept that. No relationship can survive with a scoreboard, you know, with misdemeanors and uh, things like that uh, against us. Right from the beginning of the Bible, we see some incredible things taking place. It, Eve and Adam were in the garden, um, a wonderful place, it was perfect. Enemy gets involved, you know, Satan gets involved. Eve obviously um, was sold a lie, and it distorted her life and her lifestyle, not only her lifestyle, but her whole family's. And we see, because of her sin, there was consequences of sin. You know, obviously death came in, pain, disease, um, thistles, thorns, all that sort of stuff came in. Women had childbearing pain, all that sort of stuff came in. But God still had a plan. And out of this woman, Eve, there was going to be birthing something which is going to change the world positively. Obviously something negative taking place, but God was going to redeem the situation. So out of the, Eve's womb was birthed something that was going to completely destroy what Satan had actually uh, infused into the world. The answer, friend, was obviously going to be Jesus. But as we read in Genesis, uh, I think it was uh, Genesis 3.15, it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So we've got this incredible situation where the antagonism, basically, of humanity versus this fallen um, power was just constant conflict, constant conflict. But we see this incredible promise. Out of Eve, there's going to become this offspring that's going to change the destiny of the world and crush the head of Satan. And that's what we've seen happen. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a, a stone bruise. You know, you're out running, you're stepping on the footpath and you stand on a, a stone and it sort of gets into your heel. You know, you, you don't walk too well. A um, couple of... Uh, about four weeks ago, I had to go out to the rubbish tin, and I stepped on this uh, bee or a wasp. I don't know what it was, but I'll tell you what, it was really painful, and it was right under my um, little toe, and I couldn't bend down to pick it out because I couldn't see it, and it was right up in the, un, under the, the curve there. And so I'm thinking, what do I do? Chris was at work, and I'm thinking, oh, it's painful. I can't cry. No, I won't cry. And so <laughs> what I did, I, I hopped inside, and we got some stairs going upstairs, so I hopped up the stairs, and because we had a, in the laundry, we've got a basin, but I couldn't lift my foot high enough to actually um, see what was happening. So I, I hobbled into the bathroom, and I put my foot into the sink somehow, and I got a mirror, because I didn't want to squeeze the um, thing of the bee, because it could have been a bee, and they got their sacks, and it could be more toxins going in. And so I'm sort of... Uh, I'm wanting to chew on a silver bullet, you know, you know, and I took an antihistamine. Long story short, it took about four days for my walk to become right again because this toxin that was in my um, little toe, um, yeah, big boys don't cry, um, but it was tough. Thing is, Satan will inject things into your life to impede your walk. He'll do it by fair means and foul. And lots of us carry this toxin within us that limit us limits our liberty and our, our freedom to do what we need to do. God's grace supersedes man's sin. You know, God has got a far better plan. We see basically in Genesis uh, 4 the story picking up to another level. There's always an again in God. And this is what it says in verse uh, 25. 
Genesis 4. Adam had sexual relationships with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. His name was Seth. And she said, God has granted me another son to replace Abel, whom Cain had stole. You know, so as we see, again, there was a, an again in God. And whatever happens in your life, my life, we fail, but there's always an again. There's a redemptive process. There's acceptance. And God is going to put you on course, and there's going to be um, life that comes out of that. And so as we look at the name Seth, do you know what his name means? It means anointed compensation. So obviously um, Cain had uh, killed Abel. So obviously uh, destruction had taken place. So the next son, the third son came, Seth. His name was called anointed compensation. What a powerful name. And through this woman, through this womb of this woman, there was going to become life and life abundant. And we, we start to see things um, track through this genealogical uh, pathway of um, Seth's lifestyle all the way through to Jesus. If we pick up in Luke's uh, gospel, uh, just reading through very quickly, Jesus was known the son of Joseph. Joseph was known the son, son of Haleiai. Haleiai was named, named the son of Matthai. I won't go through the whole list. Karen was the son of Enosh. Enosh was the son of Seth. Seth was the son of Adam. And Adam was the son of God. There's a lineage that we carry. We are in Christ. We are in him. He's adopted us into his family. We don't have to worry about the past, the stigma of the past. We just have to rest, really, in the reality that Christ has given us complete freedom. He's taken away that stigma, the stain, and has redeemed us to himself. But in this morning's service, I just realized in the spirit that there's a number of people carrying the past. There's things that have limited your walk. You're still hobbling a wee bit, and it's like the Holy Spirit wants to just restore Take away that infection. Um, take away that, that bondage in your life. Um, people, I know someone here has um, been involved historically in reading, um, palm reading and doing horoscopes and things like that. And you've believed a lie because of what is written down and what you've heard through the horoscopes and through the palm reading. And that's really um, affected your walk today because you know what the Word of God says, but in the back of your mind there's this little going on. And it's like the old saying, no, 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 no. This is what my word says, but the enemy's saying, like the old goose, remember the old goose. None of that again. So maybe we could just, um, actually, have we got a guitar or we just get something going? Because at the end, I just think the Lord wants to do a little bit of divine surgery here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy One. Holy One. Thank you, Lord. You know, who the Son has set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. And you know that there's many, you know, you know yourself. You, know, you think you've got it all together, but sometimes there's that, that little barb in you that's going to affect what you do. You know, about uh, seven years ago, I was pruning one of our trees. We, it's a plum tree, and they had these big thorns on. And I didn't know at the time, but it got right into my um, ligament, right in my thumb, uh, in my uh, first finger. That stayed there for about six years. And I could every touch, time I touched my finger, I could actually feel that thing in, in my finger. It would move, it would flex, it, but it wouldn't come out. It was around about six weeks ago, I was praying, and literally, it had just disappeared like that. That little barb, which I felt, and I knew it was there, it was very irritating, but just looking to God, Come on, Lord, you know, I can't do anything about it. The doctors haven't been able to do anything about it. What can you do? 
And literally overnight, that thing disappeared. And what has been a curse, God is going to turn into a blessing. Hey, Richard, can you just come forward? And I just really want Richard to be able to pray a blessing over those curses over our life. Richard carries an incredible anointing globally to bring blessing to families, to individuals, to churches. And this is divine surgery now. We're just going to open up to the prophetic here and we're just going to see what the Holy Spirit wants to do as we close the service.